to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 106. Today we have some NFL news to cover, some trades, some unfortunate injuries, um, and some players that were unexpectedly released from their team, namely Cam Newton, which we are going to dive into and give you our thoughts on. Um, looking forward to also discussing a few things that we learned from the preseason and uh, our overall opinions on the preseason and uh, yeah and discussing that but before we we get into it I have my co-hosts with me as per usual Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan how you guys doing doing well season's around the corner now we got like a dead week here which is is never fun it's it's like that uh we don't even have like the pro bowl week between the <laughs> nfc championship afc championship no, games and the super bowl we just have have nothing now for for a week they teased us a little bit uh and now we gotta wait a week to to get the actual regular season going it's it's fantasy football prep week it's that's true. what that's, it is that's true. everybody's got it's their fair. drafts you know things are happening that's that's what this week is but what about you Durgan? how you doing man Doing good. Uh, college football is back. Starting. True. That's true. They had a little preview last week, which I mean, it was like five games. But this week, we got some bangers. You got some good games coming up. So while you might not have NFL, you've got your draft going on Saturday or Sunday. Throw some games on the background. You're going to see some uh, pretty good teams play. So exciting week. And uh, last weekend before February with uh, no NFL football. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Let's dive into the first thing on the agenda today. Cam Newton released by the Patriots. I was surprised by this, but I'm interested in hearing your guys' thoughts. Um, I did say I thought Mac Jones would be the starter week one. I just didn't think this is how it would happen. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. And and uh, Durgan, we'll start with you. What do you what do you think about about uh, Cam Newton being released? Yeah, I love the idea of Mac being the starter. He looked pretty good in preseason, um, and they kind of went back to the. I guess old Patriots offense they have with Brady, uh, quick passes, uh, kind of bring the defense in, take one shot deep. And Mac Jones, for as much as people criticized him in the pre-draft process, I think a majority of people realized he was pro-ready. He was ready to come in and play. Maybe playing a little bit better than expected, still preseason, so we can't tell. But as a passer of the football, he is better than Cam Newton at this point. What Cam Newton does provide is the running ability, the toughness, uh, so they've kind of did that offense last year to, you know, it was mixed for the most part. But I think Cam Newton had that weird situation where he was on the COVID list, but then test positive because he took a test at the wrong location. So that really opened the door for Mac at the very end to get a lot of snaps, took advantage of it. Um, like you said, I'm surprised that Cam Newton was released because he is definitely a borderline starter, if not a very, very high end backup. But when you look at the Patriots and now their quarterback room, it's Brian Hoyer and Mac Jones. Those guys are similar styles to quarterback. Pocket passers, uh, not great arm strength. So they run the same offense. And if you have Cam Newton, you know, if Mac Jones gets hurt, you got to totally change the offense. So I get it from that perspective. I don't know if I agree with it, but I do like the idea of the quarterbacks you have being similar styles of players. Yeah, I agree. I know. I think the rule of thumb this year is sort of be good or be vaccinated. And uh, Cam Newton's kind of neither at this point. Um, so especially at the backup quarterback position, why would you ever have a guy that's unvaccinated? That's supposed to be your fail safe if, if something happens to your starter. And if that guy is unreliable as far as being available week to week, I don't know why you would choose to, to get one of those guys. I mean, there's 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 not a lack of 
<clears throat> of second tier quarterbacks at this point in the NFL. Like there's it, it, the the market's kind of flooded at this point. So um, if you are a, a guy that's fighting for a, a roster spot and you're on the bubble, go get yourself vaccinated because that's that's going to make the difference. As we're we're seeing, like a lot of unvaccinated guys are are getting cut urban meyer even said it outright he wasn't supposed to say that but definitely not uh how can you not you know if two people are equal and they're they're tied skill wise fit in your offense defense whatever and one's vaccinated one's unvaccinated well it's just like an injury history which one's more likely to be able to contribute on a regular basis that's that's the guy that's vaccinated so um you know, not not super surprised, sort of, you know, from what we've heard as he's a great leader and he has control over the locker room to a certain extent and he's unvaccinated. Um, it would make it more difficult, I think, for Mac Jones to sort of take that leadership role and really own the team um, from that standpoint if Cam was still in the locker room and add on the fact that he's unvaccinated and not as reliable. Uh, you know, it, it sort of makes sense. Yeah, that's a really good point and, and an interesting angle to kind of look at all this. Um, you know, you touched on it. I, I, I'm surprised that this happened, but at the same time, you know, Cam is not the same Cam we saw dominate the league in 2015 and win the MVP. So uh, can he still contribute? Yes. But is he the surefire starter he once was? Probably not. Will he find somewhere to, to call home in the league? I think so. Um, I think he still has some juice left in the tank. It may be uh, close to running on empty, but there's still some some juice there. So um, I'd be excited to see where he lands. I think he'll find a job before season starts potentially. I don't know. Is that a hot take? You don't. But I, I don't know if Cam wants to be a backup. That's a thing. Like, does he want to not play? Like, will he put I don't know his if ego it's up to him, though, At this point, I, mean, I, like, I, I agree th- with you. I agree with you. Absolutely. I don't know what team he can start on right now. But would he take a backup role over just sitting at home though? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think he common, would. I don't know. Common sense says yes, but you know, when you're a prideful guy like Cam Newton is, are you okay with holding a clipboard? I mean, the Cowboys could use him. I think it'd be a great fit for the Cowboys to back up Dak Prescott if he got Cam for now. God, that's such a Cowboys move, too. <laughs> it would that's be. such a Cowboys move. So. Uh, Man, I would not be surprised if that happens. It makes too much well, sense. Well, we'll follow that. And see what happens there with Cam Newton. But let's talk about another quarterback uh, on his way to Philadelphia from Jacksonville. My guy, Gardner Minshew. I'm excited to have him on the Eagles. You know, Casey once Maybe, proclaimed yeah. on this on. podcast. This is not your guy. It's my guy. That's Casey's it's guy. our guy now. Casey. <laughs> okay. It's our okay. guy. Uh, long time ago, we did a little segment on this podcast uh, talking about the quarterbacks uh, that we thought would be top five in the league in the next five years or so. And uh, Casey picked Gardner Minshew as one of them. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Casey, and, <laughs> and, and this trade. I think personally, I'll, I'll just kick it off. But regardless of what he does, the value to get a, a quarterback with starting NFL experience for a six-round conditional pick, like that's just good value in general. Um, so add him to the quarterback factory. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and he may have an actual opportunity to start if Jalen Hurts starts to struggle or, or gets hurt. You know, he's a Jalen Hurts is a dynamic guy with the with the ball in his hand. So if he takes off and you know takes takes a hit where he he needs to be sidelined for for a week or two, you know Minshew is going to have that opportunity to ascend into being a top five quarterback in five years. He still has a couple of years left. Okay, there's still he like does. three years. There's three, three years. years to get there. Yeah. Um, you know, I was playing the long game in that segment, so. 
Uh, but he, he's fun to watch when he's outside the pocket, uh, specifically. Like, he, he can create and make stuff out of structure. Um, it's just uh, a little bit limited on the arm strength and, and that kind of stuff that uh, is is giving him, him issues. Um, sometimes he's not as decisive as he needs to be in, in, in playing in rhythm and stuff, and he has that penchant to say, like, hey, man, I, I always create out, out of out of structure so i'm going to re- lean on that rely on that a little bit more than trusting my arm and and my rhythm and and what i'm seeing with my reads it's not that he's incapable but he he has tended to lean that direction in the past so if you can sort of rein that in and, and play in structure a little bit better and, and just move the offense keep things on schedule uh, i think that helps a lot and like you said it's a it's uh, a young guy for not much cost that has starting experience and and that's a great person to have on on your roster um, and I mean, you get the gray hair, you get the mustache as well, which is a, is a huge bonus. Huge plus for sure. <clears throat> and you look at it, you know, best case scenario for the Eagles is that Jalen Hurts becomes a superstar and you have a very high quality backup for a six round pick. I think any team in the league would take that deal. So I'm shocked that he was, you know, so low, but when you look at the quarterback trends, you know, Mitch Trubisky signed for nothing. Jimmy Garoppolo has zero trade value at this point. For the first time, you know, not only are the starting quarterbacks not in demand, even the second-tier backup guys are not in any demand at all whatsoever. So great for the Eagles. I think he's going to realistically push Jalen Hurts uh, for a starting role by midseason. I think he starts a few games this year, um, and he absolutely should because, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are probably not going to Super Bowl this year. So you got to find out what you have at quarterback. When this offseason, you might have three first-round picks. Yeah, no. Do I need a quarterback or do I look somewhere else? So they're in a great position long-term here. Um, I do find it weird that the Jags gave him so many reps in the preseason and training camp because the real, the not the kind of, I guess, push Trevor Lawrence. That was like the biggest BS of all time. We knew who was going to start, but they wouldn't admit it. So you know, long-term, it didn't work out for the Jags. But Minshew and Philly, I think that works. For both sides, and I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, Casey, he's at five years, but hey, you know we've seen quarterbacks come out of nowhere in Philadelphia and lead them to two bowl championships. So he could be right. It's very doubtful, true. but could be right. I'm I'm just shell shocked that you don't think the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders this year, man. I'm <laughs> I'm so surprised. No, hey, I'm, give it a few I, years, yeah. man. Give it a few years. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm kind of bummed that the that the trade happened now like i wish it happened earlier so i could have pre-season. seen him in preseason yeah. you know because there's a chance that you don't even see him play at this point but um yeah i, I remember watching uh, Minshew on the jags he surprised a lot of people and he he had some flashy plays um so it'll be exciting for sure and he's a huge locker room like character i guess is a good way to put it so i'm sure there'll be some exciting storylines throughout the season about things just thinking of him and jason kelsey like in the same locker room gets me <laughs> amped you know what i mean like that's that sounds exciting for sure um let's let's move on to some less fortunate news though we have two pretty pretty big injuries uh carl lawson from the jets and jk dobbins on the ravens out for the season um let's talk about how these injuries impact these teams and what this means for them going forward yeah first uh, i'll talk about jk dobbins uh killer injury i mean he was in line for a huge year as part of that potent uh ravens rushing attack but gus edwards is a heck of a player you look back the last three years, only six players have rushed for over 700 yards. Six running backs. Uh, Aaron Jones, Zeke Galliott, Nick Chubb, Kamara, Henry, and Gus Edwards. 
So he's kind of flown under the radar because he's not a flashy player. He's a running between the tackles. But when you're running that read option they run so well, you need that guy to run up the gut. And while J.K. Dobbins did a little bit of both, you find Gus Edwards to get most of the carries. You go find a guy, might little scat back type, uh, to run that, what they call in Madden. I don't know if they actually call this in real life. Casey, you can probably uh, know the answer to this. But that inverted veer where you hand the ball off mm-hmm. to the running back running outside and the quarterback shoots the gap. Uh, you can't run that with Gus Edwards because he's not fast enough. So you do need to find a, a, a number two running back. But in terms of getting actual carries, Edwards is ready to be a workhorse. And I don't see their offense getting that much worse. Uh, but they do need somebody else for sure. Um, and look at the other side with uh, Carl Lawson with the Jets. Uh, Jets fans moaned and bitched when I mock draft to them a uh, superstar defensive lineman for this upcoming year because they said we have Carl Lawson and that's going to fix all our problems. Some guy actually said that. <laughs> um, now Carl Lawson, sir, and they have absolutely nobody. Uh, they picked up Shaq Lawson, who is a rotational player at this point. Uh, it's going to be a long rebuild process in New York anyway, but Salah's success with defense came from the pass rush. And if you don't have that, it might be a long year uh, for their defense. And uh, Zach Wilson will get a lot of opportunities to throw the ball, luckily. But the Dobbins injury is the one that has major ramifications uh, for the whole NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think J.K. Dobbins is <clears throat> he's, a, he's a dynamic guy, and I was looking forward to seeing him. But uh, that Ravens running attack, you know, they – they find a way to get it done and they got justice hill behind him who's who's not fantastic but you kind of just need a guy to not make gus edwards die with like 600 touches this year um you have enough speed with lamar jackson keeping it on on those reads and getting outside and holding defenses accountable out there um so i think they'll be mostly fine um i hope you didn't draft in, in fantasy already and, and take him that's why you wait until the end of preseason yes. to, mm-hmm. to do that um but uh, I'm optimistic that the Ravens will, will be mostly fine without him. Obviously, he adds a little extra burst and, and dynamicism. Is that a word? I don't know. But I'm going with it um, to, to it that is. offense. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll patchwork and, and find ways to, to get it done without him. Um, as you mentioned, Saul is going to maybe have a little bit of a tough year, especially with all the injuries. Uh, New York was already pretty thin as far as talent, and now you got Lawson, Corey Ballantyne, uh, a couple other of their corners are, are a little be- beat up. Vinny Curry, um, top two running backs are, are hurt, as well as Den- Denzel Mims being questionable. Um, so, you know, for a team that was already lacking in, in talent a little bit, it just gets a little bit more thin there. Uh, I think Salah will will do a good job and, and find ways to, to get it done, but um, a team does not Zach Wilson make, so you, you need some other pieces there. Corey Davis might have a nice year. He might get fed the ball a lot, um, but I uh, wish they were, were healthy because I, I was... I don't think they were gonna, you know, give anyone a real run for their money. But I thought they could get to five, maybe six wins uh, if they if they stayed healthy and, and things sort of lived up to what they were capable of, capable of. That was some like NFL Yoda stuff right there, Casey. I dig it. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it with the Jets and and uh, Carl Lawson. I think, like Durgan mentioned, the J.K. Dobbins is sort of the the more prominent of the two, just because he was due for a pretty pretty big year. Both, um, both just productivity wise, and also as a fantasy running back, this was one of my breakout players on our last podcast, and it kind of sucks to see him now out for the year. Really unfortunate news. Gus Edwards is solid. I'm just not sure he's the guy they want to lean on every down. Um, 
we'll kind of see how that plays out. I guess the question I would have is there are a few like prominent free agent names out there. I'm not sure it's worth taking the risk on them, but what do you guys think about like the Ravens potentially bringing in like a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell? I would choose for the Ravens, Todd Gurley a little more than Le'Veon Bell. I think their offense is a little more like quick hitting and Le'Veon Bell is a very patient runner while Todd Gurley mm-hmm. is he's slow and you know, a shell of his former self. But he can also still catch the ball pretty well. And he can run a little bit outside more. He still has a little bit of juice if you give him you know, six, seven, eight carries a game. I knew the guy has special teams value, which I, that's one thing that Harbaugh said yesterday when they're looking for somebody that you know, they, they're pretty confident what they have, but they do bring somebody, they need somebody who's a versatile player. So one of those two guys, one of those two guys should be on the Rams, first of all. I mean, the Rams running back room is very thin uh, with this Darrell Henderson Jr. And that's it. Oh, didn't they pick up? Oh, they pick up Tony Michelle. Still. But Ravens, um, yeah. they need one more guy. They need a veteran back there, like you said. Uh, just so, you know, if Gus Edwards fumbles twice in a game or something like that, you don't have that guy reliable at this point to carry the rock in the fourth quarter. You know who's available? Frank Gore. Hey. Oh, yeah. 38-year-old <laughs> Frank Gore. Uh, I, would, I would honestly maybe rather him than than either of those guys. Uh, TJ Yeldon's still out there, though. Deion Lewis, Peyton you know Barber. I would pick? There's some guys available. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson as well, yeah. 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 That'd be a good one-two punch with Gus Edwards, I think. That's true. Yeah. The yin to the yang. He's more, of a, he's more of a receiving threat. And, That'd be interesting. And the problem with, I mean, Le'Veon Bell for sure. Maybe not Curly as much anymore. I think he knows his role is these guys are used to being the guys on their team. Are they okay with having five carries a game, six carries a game? You know, Duke Johnson's okay with that. You know, Frank Gore at this point, he's okay with that. So you have to also kind of realize, like, it's like all right, who's going to fit our team the best and the culture of the Ravens? Um, and then always, Frank Gore forever. Frank Gore will always play in the NFL as <laughs> long, as I'm, long as I'm around. So hope that happens. Eagles legend, Frank Gore. <laughs> Love him, love him. Um, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in Baltimore. Uh, Gus Edwards, low-key, could be a really nice fantasy pickup for you now. Yes. Um, so keep an eye out for that for sure, as well as any future moves they make. Let's talk about preseason here before we wrap things up. So preseason, super boring in my opinion, but also somewhat necessary. So let's talk about what we learned from the preseason. We had a shortened preseason this year, three games instead of four. What did we learn from it? What did we take away? What do we think about it? Mm-hmm. Overall thoughts, Durgan, take it I, away. I like three games. That's a lot better than four, obviously. Um, I'm surprised by the lack of teams that played their players in the preseason in general. Like the Raiders like didn't travel in their starters yeah. to the Niners game. And I was like, that's kind of weird. But every team has their own strategy. And I think what we saw last year is that you don't necessarily need the preseason. But it's, it's still nice to have. Um, but what I actually learned, I am very worried about Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. I think he had more drops and catches in the preseason. Uh, there were reports in training camp that he wasn't looking too good. And then there was, I mean, I, I guess you can call it allegations of some domestic assault with him and his girlfriend. I don't think that has much traction as of yet, but she posted on her Instagram story something about that. Not good, but from a guy who... I watched a lot uh, over the past year. Uh, he didn't play last year, but studying his film because I was so enamored with him. He didn't have any trouble separating and didn't have any trouble with drops in college. 
and those are two things he is he is struggling with mightily in the NFL. So I don't know where he goes from there because Bro's his guy. It's not a chemistry problem. It's not a you know we don't know each other where I want the ball type situation. It's a oh wait maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. So that's where you're concerning one. I don't think he's going to be at this point. I think he's wide receiver three for the Bengals, who are not a very good team. So. Good job drafting there as usual from the Bengals. Uh, number two thing that I'm worried about, um, Matt Nagy is dumber than I thought, and I already thought he was a complete dumbass. <laughs> There's no, there is no way you can start Andy Dalton in week one. That is coaching malpractice. Justin Fields isn't ready yet, but he is more ready than Andy Dalton, and he is the guy who's going to save your job. If you start a season out you know, two and four and then bring in Justin Fields, you're putting a lot of pressure on our rookie to turn this ship around. You have to start Justin Fields week one, whether you think it's best for his long-term development or not, because he's a guy that's going to keep you around. If you're not, if you struggle this year, you're not going to get a head coaching job next year. You'll be back as a coordinator. So you have to figure out, you know, short-term rather than long-term. And Fields looked good in preseason anyway. He had great moments. His offensive line sucks, but he had great moments. So Matt Nagy, figure it out. Please, I'm trying to help you out I don't here, like man. This, this Matt Nagy hate, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help him out. This. I'm doing my best to help him this out. This is the guy who who made Trubisky a Pro Bowler. It took well, took that took that Bears team Trubisky to the playoffs. Trubisky made it rain against them in the preseason, so maybe it was him and not Trubisky. Okay, hey, I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. We obviously, will. obviously, there's a reason Matt Nagy's a head coach, and we're sitting here doing <laughs> the podcast. Fair so. enough. But um, yeah, that'll be. And as far as Jamar Chase goes, we should have taken Panay Sewell. How many times we got to say it on this podcast? Like, I don't know what the Bengals are are thinking, um, but I'm also, you know, it's important to understand wide receivers sometimes take time to adjust and develop to the NFL level. So um, it's it's still early. Like he could still be he could still ball out for sure. But you know which wide receiver looked pretty good in preseason, had no problems getting separation. Devontae <laughs> Smith <laughs> felt amazing to watch the Eagles preseason games. And see a receiver actually like get away from a corner that just doesn't happen. But, but so, didn't, didn't he anyways. drop a few passes though? He did, but it was because of Flacco. I, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'm a Devonta Smith guy, yeah. so I, I will defend him. To he the was death. like so open that the quarterback was like, "What? Like <laughs> I'm going to throw it to the behind, behind, right behind you." And uh, yeah, so but I'm excited. Anyway, go ahead, Casey. <laughs> Uh, devastating news is that Travis Fulgham did not make the 53-man roster. I was so, surprised. Yeah. You guys should pick him up. Packers should, should grab him. He's good. Uh, we don't have any space for more receivers. We already you got. just cut Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah, we don't have space because we got Randall Cobb. We got Devontae Adams. We have Alan Lazard. We have MVS. And then we yeah, have one, and then space one more. for one more guy. And we already got that guy. We don't need Travis Fulgham. He's slow. Wow. He wins jump balls. That's I know that's Durgan's favorite thing, but maybe the, 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 the 49ers, 49ers kind of need him. <laughs> hey, I'll so. take him. I'll take him. Uh, uh, after what he did to you guys too, so exactly. uh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the right fit there. Yeah, our leading receiver last year, kind of wild. Yeah. Kind of shows you how shit the the, the, the receiver <laughs> room was. Yeah, um, I forgot what we were talking about. Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah, maybe he'll he'll sort of I don't know find his way. He hasn't played for for a year like Durgan mentioned, so. It uh, could be some rust, but uh, obviously you like to see your top-tier first-round pick um, produce than not produce in the preseason. But uh, for every Justin Jefferson, you know, there's a Devontae Adams that takes a couple of years to 
to develop. And I think we we sort of get enamored and spoiled with these guys that come in and contribute right away, and that's great. But sometimes it's not realistic for for every guy, especially someone that's not played in in over a year now. So um, we'll see how things iron out there. And and uh, apparently Joe Burrow was a little bit up and down too, coming back from injury, he was missing stuff, a little skittish in the pocket, and and has ironed some of that out. But I'm sure that's playing a little bit of a factor in there as well so um would not be surprised if uh durgan's least favorite coach somehow surpassing sean mcveigh somehow uh <laughs> zach taylor is is not around after this this year but um my biggest takeaway <laughs> well i i think that's a little optimistic given <laughs> how the the bengals ownership operates but sure. uh the, the the team that kept around marvin lewis for about a decade too long yeah jesus um my biggest takeaway is that COVID is still real and it's still going to be a problem like there were some big names that went yep. on the list this this preseason that missed games missed practices quarterbacks um so that's still going to be around and I, I would not be at all surprised if um a, a big marquee name is not playing in one of the the, the games this this year um and i also think it's very stupid that if um, a game is canceled the players don't get uh, their game checks so even if the other team has a COVID outbreak your team is not responsible for any of it um, the game is canceled that team that's not responsible at all doesn't get their game checks yeah uh, that's absurd but they, that's they, pretty they do get a win right they get a win but, okay, but you don't get they practiced all yeah. week yeah yeah no, they're I, professionals yeah. and they just don't get paid because yeah. of someone else's fault exactly. which i think is stupid yeah um yeah, that other team should be paying that team's game checks. I agree. That's yeah. what they should be doing to I punish agree. fucking whatever they're doing. Yeah. That is not clearly following protocol. I, I yeah, guess, that's that's ridiculous, yeah. man. I guess it's more of a current event issue than an actual football issue, but with, like, you know, cases back on the rise, um, you're vaccinated, your chances of getting actually very sick and hospitalized are very low still. Um, but if you're not vaccinated, then you're kind of in deep shit. Um, but I think... I said earlier, I don't think we're going to see any games canceled. I think we are going to see a game or two get canceled with the way things are going. Um, especially because, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can still get it. You can still be on the COVID list. It's tough to, you know, the, the NFL is between a rock and a hard place. A lot of teams are highly vaccinated, but if you still get COVID, you have to take the precautionary measures. So some teams, you know, they might have two unvaccinated guys and they might be the ones who spread everything, spread the, the COVID. So it's going to be a total headache, and there might be a third booster shot coming up. We'll see if you know how soon that's available for us here in America and for younger people who are playing in the games. So it, it's it's going to be around. Um, I hope it's not as bad as last year because it was pretty crazy at some points. But I totally agree that at least in the, the beginning parts where we can forecast, it's not going away for at least the next few months. Yeah, so hopefully they take it seriously just for the sake of the game and uh, to avoid any huge sort of cancellations or issues scheduling because we saw how disastrous that can be last season. So um, it would be ideal to avoid that for sure. But my takeaways as far as preseason goes, well, number one, preseason is still boring. still sucks. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But it's exciting to be on the precipice of, of football returning for sure. But I think, you know, while it's boring, it's clearly valuable for rookie quarterbacks to kind of get their footing in the league and, and establish a connection with, with their receivers, with their weapons, just that leadership for the locker room. And we saw that kind of with two quarterbacks in particular. I think 
um, started maybe a little bit slow, but then picked it up. But Trevor Lawrence, of course, came out a little slow and then and then really caught fire towards the end of the preseason. And then Mac Jones as well, who won the starting job. So I think uh, while it's boring, it's still valuable to have. I wouldn't be upset if it was reduced to like two games just because it seems like less and less, especially with COVID and all this and injury concerns. Like we're not seeing starters anyway, so maybe just play the starters for a quarter or a half and then every other game between that the other half and the first game make it just competition for for the backups and stuff um three games still felt like too much in my opinion yeah two points to what you made um also teams are doing a lot of you know joint practices which is yeah basically mm-hmm. a preseason game so if you reduce it to two preseason games and Maybe a you know, joint practice with a team nearest to you beforehand. Um, so, like, the Niners would you know, go against the Raiders, and the LA teams would scrimmage against each other, practice for like three or four days, and then still play two games. I think that's more beneficial than actual preseason games, uh, at least for the long term, especially if we're going to spend 18 games, which will happen at some point because uh, the money is too valuable for the NFL. Um, and then what you mentioned about the preseason with the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I agree with you. Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence look great. I think all five first-round quarterbacks looked great in spurts. Obviously, some better than others. Trey Lance, I'll admit, was the worst out of the five. But I think this is a chance to be a really special quarterback class. And I think all five guys, even Zach Wilson, who I say would be a bust with the New York Jets, have a chance to be multiple-time Pro Bowlers, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and for fans, we don't really care about preseason that much, but for the NFL, it's more ad revenue. It's more ticket yep. sales. Like people show up, they still get money. They're going to try not to get rid of them. So unless they figure out a way to televise those joint practices or something, I, I don't foresee it bumping down to two anytime soon, yeah. at least. Well, the, I think the way they subsidized that was with obviously extending the season by a game too. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Because the ad true, revenue true. you get from an actual game is probably surpasses that preseason game so if it does go to 18 games maybe then we see it come down to two which would i think the players would not be happy with 18 games but you know maybe inevitable go ahead casey sorry no that was that was my main point but uh the the games are still super important for a lot of the guys that are sort of on the fringe and Mm -hmm. and guys that need reps so um it definitely does have value uh, from just like a team building standpoint and and a player develops development standpoint just entertainment value is is not always there but it's it's fun to tune in and have it on on the background and and see what your dudes do and your your new your new signings and and all that and how they look in the offense and and get some some sneak preview of it it's just uh yeah yeah it it is what it is the worse your team is the more fun it is right (laughs) because you're looking for that hidden gem somebody who can contribute so but yeah no totally agree with all that um and it'll be interesting to see how this season goes um really great thoughts on the covid side of things casey i think uh especially on that uh the quarterback side and the backup quarterbacks being vaccinated and and all that um really hoping we don't run into issues with with rescheduling and and the likes but um but yeah let's uh let's kind of wrap things up there unless you guys have any final thoughts on on everything and we'll uh say goodbye to the the listeners i'm good i'm all good all right Durgan, no hot takes this episode, man. I'm I'm a little disappointed. I was expecting something well, spicy from you. <laughs> it's funny you say that because the next oh article boy. coming out next week, <laughs> my top ten hot takes for an NFL season played perfectly right. right into my hand. Played perfectly. That'll be coming out next Tuesday. 
uh, already out is a fantasy draft do's and don'ts. And I one draft already a fantasy, and I already regret it because it was too early. I have two more coming up, so wait to your draft to the week of you no know, the season. This weekend's perfect. Next Wednesday is even better. So you don't know who's gonna be on the roster. So yep. be on the lookout for that. Also, um, I'm gonna post. Well, no, actually, I'm not gonna say this because someone we know will be posting college football picks on our Twitter. So follow those. Went that person went two and three last weekend. Two, four, three last weekend, so winning record so far. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, we have a uh, new contributor, the the anonymous gambler. The, the, the cleaner, uh, he's called. The cleaner. Yeah, the cleaner. The cleaner. Many pseudonames. Yes. Mid- many. Goes by Love many it. names. Uh, well, well known. Durgan uh, came in came in hot with his content. Casey, what do you got coming up? Um, a uh, little less hot, but uh, less hot. The the Fangio system, the defensive system that Vic Fangio runs, is, is sort of starting to sweep the NFL with a, a few signings. So Brandon Staley's in LA now. Um, uh, Vic Fangio himself actually has a looking to be healthy defense, which will be nice to see. Um, and then the Packers hired Joe Barry, who's a disciple of Joe Staley. And um, I believe it's Sean Desai is in um, Chicago who yes. worked under Fangio for four years or so. Um, so his system sort of spreading throughout the NFL. So I did a breakdown on, on what his system is and, and why it's it's becoming so popular. So if you want to check that out, that's, that's going to be on the YouTube channel on Thursday or on the website. Awesome. Excited for both of those. This has been a weekly spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you for sticking with us and tuning in to episode 106. We hope whatever else you get up to, it is awesome, and we'll catch you next week for episode 107.